You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. You're listening to episode number 48 of Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley. You know what? If you like the podcast, you should subscribe to it, rate it, and review it. Come on. Audition side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hello, dreamers. Welcome to Living the Dream. I'm Rory O'Malley, your host. My guest this week is the hysterical, amazing, such a great guy, Taryn Killam. Taryn is best known for his years of work, his brilliant, funny work on Saturday Night Live, an American institution. Uh, he is awesome, such a good guy, has a wonderful wife and family, the perfect kind of person to have on this podcast because he has stayed so positive and worked for a really long time, his whole life since he was a young young man. Um, he is also in the club that I belong to, King George III Club. He is King George III V. He took over on Broadway for me when I left the show to go do the tour. He was the king who stepped into my shoes, or rather put on my crown. Um, I, I always joke that I can't believe they found the one human being who would be more ecstatic and excited to be taking over for the king than I was. Uh, but they did. Taryn was so thrilled to be on Broadway, and it made my leaving that much easier because I was handing over the crown to somebody who was so thrilled and honored to be a part of the show. And we had this amazing uh, coronation, as we call it, that was started by Brian Darcy James, the handing over of of the crown and the garter and inducting the next king into the royal order of the garter. And uh, we had that ceremony where I, <laughs> I inducted him. Taryn, of course, being a... <laughs> comedy veteran came to the induction ceremony prepared. He was wearing tearaway pants and wearing leopard print underwear under them. So when it was time to put the garter on his leg, he tore those pants off and uh, surprised us all. At that moment, I knew we had chosen the right king, the rightful successor. <laughs> um, Taryn's just a, such a great guy. We've had a lot of crossover, um, and we've never really gotten to work together other than that, but uh, I'm sure we will at some point. He also has a movie that is uh, available on iTunes called Killing Gunther, starring him and a wonderful ensemble of actors, including Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you should definitely check that out. It's hysterical. He wrote it, directed it, and stars in it. So I got to talk with him about that experience and the experience of Saturday Night Live, which, you know, I'm a huge fan of the show, and I am a huge fan of his work on that show. He really got into a lot of the details of his career and also uh, how he balances family life with his famous wife. Uh, Kobe was on the very successful sitcom How I Met Your Mother for many, many years. She's been in the Avengers. They both have such successful careers and have to figure out how to raise kids at the same time. So his insight on that is pretty great. Please enjoy my conversation with Taryn Killam. Uh, hi, Taryn. Thank hi, you so much hey, for Rory. being on the Thank podcast. Thank you for having this me. Is, this is the first time we've had another king on the podcast. Whoa. 
That's huge. This is huge. This that feels huge. We have so much to talk about about those wait. ten minutes. Heck yeah! And then how to how to milk it? How to <laughs> what to do in between the Literally, ten minutes? Literally, every note I get basically <laughs> is just like, "Can you speed it up a little bit?" Really? Like, Come on true? now! I got nine and a half minutes. You're, you're still you're getting like, notes? Oh hell yes! Because you are like you're the king. I mean, so whatever I I don't do know that is... anybody has done the run. By half as long as you, correct? Well, I don't know. I, 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 I definitely have Even done it. Jonathan. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I've been, uh, and I'm going to do it until like Social Security kicks right. in. But um, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I definitely have done it longer than him, but I don't know, double. I think like, I think they did like, he, he did Broadway for like eight months. Mm-hmm. And I did like 10 months after that, and now I've done... But he took time off. He took time he, off. Yeah. He didn't miss a show, but he missed, like... He had to work. He had he, other he had, commitments. He had yeah, many yeah. movies. Many he had movies. so many movies. I finally watched his... Mindhunter. Mindhunter. I'm two and a half in. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's my favorite show of all time, because it's... it's the only reason I was in Hamilton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. So, <laughs> so we're here in LA. You're from mm-hmm. Los Angeles. You're from California. You grew That's up right. in Big Bear. Correct. Yeah, from like uh, second grade to eighth, ninth grade, eighth or ninth grade. Yeah, second grade, ninth, ninth grade, grade in ninth Big grade, Bear, yeah. mm-hmm. and that is for people who don't know what Big Bear is. That's like a small skiing, yeah, resort town, resort town, three hours east of Los Angeles. Yeah. How how do you get involved in being an actor, or a comedian, showbiz? There, yeah, it had kind of started before. Okay, before um, second grade. Yeah. Wow. My first like audition audition was when I was five. It was like doing commercials and stuff. Wow. Because you the Cunningham you were, agency, yeah. You were born here in the I was city. Born in Culver here, City. In, here in Culver no, City, where no we joke. are right now. Yeah. Wow. Uh and my parents lived in Manhattan Beach and uh-huh. were like artisan hippie types. And my family was sort of showbiz adjacent. My mom's uncle was Robert Stack, which right. was like the big deal, and then a few other cousins and uncles and people trying to crack it in showbiz. My mom a musician, my dad, at one point aspiring actor, that turned aspiring musician, turned contractor for most of my life, now turned actor again. Wow. Um, so it was always a family thing. Yeah. And we went to this uh, Manhattan Beach community church where they would put on productions there. So I was already doing like Wizard of Oz and The Nutcracker right. and uh, stuff like that from a little, little age. Wow. And then my mom took me and my younger siblings out and, and to like to meet an agent. And I was yeah. just precocious enough to walk into a room of strange adults and, and not clam up. Right. Yeah. So you get to Big Bear and you were able to keep that going or like did you have... There, there's, there's like big breaks, right? Yeah, like yeah. Like I would say, yeah, five to six and a half, seven was doing it down here, then stopped, then got involved in theater in Big Bear um at the performing arts center and this this theater group that's still up there called cats i don't know what it stands for Hmm. but it is an acronym for something it's the center they just do the musical cats it's just cats over every longest running production of cats so they just like let's just call ourselves cats in a big bear 99 seat theater (laughs) full full ensemble full cast 99 seat theater the entire town they need the entire town to be in it or they can't every night wow that's um, brilliant. Yeah, no, and we did it up there. And then I remember there was like this really low budget, like kids camp movie that shot up there. And all the local kids who at all were interested in performing or whatever were extras in it. 
Right. And that was very exciting. And that, I think, I, I don't remember how it worked, but then there, because of that, there was a local agent up there uh, and then she partnered with somebody down here and they were willing to represent me. Right. And then once every two or three months, we'd come down for like two days and I'd go on a bunch of auditions and occasionally get like something small. And then middle school happened and I was like, no, nah, I just want to do school. And then kept doing school plays and stuff like that lo- locally when I was uh, 14, I guess, I auditioned for LOXA, the LA County High School for the Arts. Uh, and I got into oh, that. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So I went to performing arts with Groban. Right. You went to high school um, with Josh Groban and I correct. went to college with him. I know. I know. We do. We have so many. We have a big yeah. crossover in our Venn diagram. It's true. Um, so you went yeah. So you went to school there and mm-hmm. that's when you started doing like the Disney stuff or... Towards the end. Okay. Right, yeah. Like, like um, I would say end of my junior year, into my senior year, started trying to go back out again. And at the like last week of high school, booked this Nickelodeon gig and that I got to work for like two weeks on that, which was really fun. Right. And then went to UCLA for musical theater and stopped because my agency disbanded. They were like... We're out of business. Um, And I was like, that's great. I want to go to UCLA. I want to focus on that. And then that Nickelodeon show, the Amanda show, called like five months later and said, we want to do another round of your episode, your sketch that we do. Uh, And I said, okay, but I don't have any reps. So Dan Schneider, who created that show, he's like, I'll help you get hooked up. And he did. And then from then on, it was pretty, pretty nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. So, so did you, but did you go to Groundlings after that or? I did. So, so. So really the Amanda Bynes show was, was like, this is sketch and. Right. Then Groundlings came along. Exactly. It was, was, uh, the Amanda show, it was a parody of Dawson's Creek called Moody's Point. Okay. And I was like a sort of whiny, uh, hard on a sleeve, pacey thing to the end of the degree. Um, and then that was in January. Then towards the end of my freshman year, I auditioned for Mad TV. I got that kind of on a fluke. Right. Did that for like most of a season. I did like 13 episodes and then was asked back, but for less episodes than promised. And anyway, it was dumb, boring yeah. showbiz stuff. But all my reps were like, forget it, move on, do, go to other things. Um so I took that advice, but then I also loved doing sketch off of that show and loved the people that I worked with who mostly had come from the Groundlings. So after Mad TV, then I went back and started doing Groundlings. Wow. Like seven you, years there. That's amazing. So, you, so but yeah. we've had Edie Patterson on yeah. um, the show. So, you know, we, we talked about... In-depth the, the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for you, you have to go to that first Groundlings... Uh, class, yeah, which is basically like zip zap bop, yeah, you know, exactly. like just fourth basic, wall, yeah, choose an accent, very yeah. basic yes. improv games. But I mean, if you had you had one year of school, and so you were probably excited to go into a learning environment, truly. However, you're in Groundlings with people who maybe have never been on a stage before definitely. in that first class, definitely, yeah. So yeah. you go in there and they're like, yeah. oh, I was on Mad TV for 13 yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. Was that weird? I certainly did not like make that known. And I right. went into the class with two friends with okay. Nassim Pedrad. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, she and I were living together with two other guys at the at the time. Wow. Um, and our buddy Kyle Kennedy, who is now a main company yeah, yeah. member, Groundling okay. member. Yeah. Um, so we all did our basic class together because Mikey Day, who was also living with us and is now on SNL... 
had already kind of gone through the process. He was like waiting for the final level. Yeah. And we're like, we should do it. That'd be so fun. And I was like, yeah, everybody ground these. So level one was great. Yeah. Because a little bit like taking it on a lark. Like, let's see what this is. Because I'd never done stand-up. I'd never done improv. I'd never done training for comedy. I'd only yeah. done training for, you know, the arts, yeah. for performing Anything. arts. Um, and it was so fun. And it was. And yeah. yes, it was very uneven. And there were some full-fledged kooks in there. But that's sort of what's really fun about it too, yeah. and like Eliza Coop was in that class with oh. us. It was a it was a stacked class. It was so fun, wow. and and like made really good friends. And and at that level, to me, the pressure was fully off. It wasn't until like later in the process when you'd invested time and it was like pass fail and people are judging you. Did it yeah. feel more um, precious or or? And, but how old were you when you took that first class after Matt TV? Like probably twenty. I mean, at 20, after you, you could, there's a lot of people, performers who would go be on a TV show and be like, well, I can't, I don't have to learn anymore. Yeah. You're you know, sure. like I don't have to go, I don't want to go back. Right. I should just be going forward and I'm already 20 years old. Like it's too <laughs> late, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so like, thank God you found some friends who we're like, let's just do this for fun and see what totally. happens. I mean, that, it, yeah. especially because so many of those people in, you know, on SNL, Mad TV, it's all mm-hmm. from those insular groups of Truly. young yeah. comedians sketch, coming up together. Sketch improv troops or yeah. stand up or now sort of like online sketch writing is sort of a grooming ground, like, like The Onion or Funny or Die or right, right, right. College Humor. Josh Gad and I actually took two classes at the Groundlings together and he got we both got jobs so I wanted to do it desperately Um, I was scheduling it around my restaurant work at the Grove okay but I got I got a a, a, wood grill Wood the Wood Ranch. Wood Ranch. Yes. Wood Ranch. The Wood yes. Ranch Sorry. and awesome. uh Marmalade Cafe. Oh, oh the two bigs. Yes. The you two did bigs. the circuit. Still there. <laughs> they yeah, are, I yeah. did the circuit, got fired from both. <laughs> um I was a terrible waiter, but it really was because of I was like constantly leaving to do yeah. shows for seven dollars a show. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. see theaters. So uh, so I got one of those and didn't go back to the groundlings and I I'm always bummed because it would have been so cool to have finished that. Yeah. Even if we didn't go all the way through, Gad and I, it would have been so much fun to be in that group a little bit more because you guys are a team, not like throughout everything. I feel yeah. like there's such a, a supportive environment. It t- totally. Even if it's competitive. Yeah. I, th- I think without a doubt, I think anything, you know, it's Malcolm Gladwell kind of 10,000 hours and it, and it does take a long time to get to the main company so that by the time you're there, whether or not... Your sensibilities overlap. You certainly have respect for everybody who's a member with you. Yeah. And there's and and people have dedicated and sacrificed so much to be there. Yeah. That uh, it's very rare you get anybody who who takes it for granted. Right. And you see what so many of the other people uh, have gone on to do after they leave there. Totally. So you very feel... impressive. Yeah. 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 So we're in your early days there. Were you like SNL as an end goal for you? I think after Mad TV and the fact that that happened and that I still, like I left the show with no experience, but knowing that I had started to do a good job on the show too. Sure. Like I was like, oh, I, I, I could do this. So I do think that SNL kind of quickly became the focus in that yeah. I knew if I ever got the opportunity to be seen or yeah. to audition that I would have a good shot. Right. 
And yeah. especially now that you you had you had the uh, I'm sure it's hard for people who go from Groundlings in front of a live audience without cameras onto SNL. Yeah, that's a, a big transition. But you yeah. did it the opposite way. You were yeah. used to the camera, yeah. so it was on your radar primarily. Yes, and and the the process at Groundlings was long. I did the first two levels very quickly, and then I waited a year, year and a half maybe for the third one. So I like worked in between. And then I did the third one, and then I worked between the third one and the fourth one. Right. Um, and the, between levels three and four was like almost two years, maybe a little over even. So there's uh-huh. a lot of downtime at Groundlings too. Yeah. Um, and then doing Sunday Company was like one of the most important creative development, uh, educational um, bonding times of my whole life and will yeah. forever be. Yeah. 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 I mean, we talked about it a little bit with Edie, but mm-hmm. it's just constantly putting up a show with Every week, people yeah. at the top of their game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly um, right. So it's basically the best training ground for SNL there is. I, I really think in terms of like a direct parallel to the process, yeah. I, I really think so. So what was your audition experience or how did SNL come along? I... Lauren came to a show and we're pretty sure to, to kind of scout Nassim because yeah. Nassim had sent in a tape and it had gotten to Tina Fey and so like she was right. on the radar and Lauren came to the show and flew four of us out Wow! Um, and that was so fun one of the most fun thrilling experiences ever just because you get to be in the space for the first time and yeah. you get to be on the stage for the first time and yeah. they're flying you to New York and and we like rented a limo. Our group rented a limo to pick us up and like drive us into Manhattan. And Just I put together like officially. a CD of like New York songs. So it was like Frank That's Sinatra amazing. and Jay Z, Alicia Keys. You know, like all yeah. all the New York centric songs. Had you spent um, a lot of time in New York before? That? No, no. Uh, I had been there maybe maybe you know five or six times. My mom worked for the airlines when I was in high school, so. Uh-huh. Like I, the first time I ever went to New York, I was 16, and my dad and I flew standby to see Death of a Salesman with Brian Dennehy. Wow. Yeah, and that was a really cool whirlwind, exhausting experience. Yeah. Um, then I didn't go there to look for schools. I auditioned for Juilliard, but in San Francisco. I flew up to San Francisco to, sure. to do that and didn't get in. Didn't even <laughs> make neither. it to the second round. Me neither. <laughs> Did you have to act like an animal? Um... I don't remember. It was some kind of like warm up thing. Yeah. 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 I think I remember that. It was like a group group session. Yeah. Um, I had to act like an animal once I got into school. Yeah. And I was yeah, like paying yeah. for totally. it a whole semester of acting like a gorilla. Yeah. But I did it in high school. Ah. Uh, so I was like, not this oh, again. Oh, man. They like this is what they do at Juilliard, too. This <laughs> is what they're talking about, the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so you're in New York. You're they in flew, a limo. It was a party, and it's like all that your A material that you've been working on yeah. now at this point for seven years. And you leave it on the stage. You feel great. It was so fun. I did it with Nassim. I did it with my buddy Greg and, and then Jillian Bell, who wrote on the on SNL for a season and now is, you know, in Girls Trip. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, or uh, not Girls Trip. Rough Night. Oh, yes, 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 um, yes. With, uh, with Scarlett Johansson. Yes. And, um, and, and so, like, and, and she was one of my favorite people to write with in Sunday Company. So it was just so exciting. We go home. Two weeks later, they're like, we're going to fly out again and we want to see all new stuff. So I go like two weeks later and I'm like, now it feels 
real. Right. It feels possible. And it's going to be everything that I cut out of the first audition. Right. Right. And maybe, and like tried to, all right, well, what did, what would, what did I not do last time? What's a different move I could show? Right. Way overthought it, was way in my head, was way stressed out. How do you not, how can you yeah. not overthink it and be stressed out? I, thank you. I'll take that. I, I mean, like, that's, it's like what you, it's that moment. Yeah. So it's like, that's what it's going to be is stress yeah. and overthinking. It was. It was a lot of that. And it still went fine. And then we were kind of unofficially told it's not now, but it's not never. Like, right. he's on our radar. And, so that was nice to hear, and I took it with a grain of salt, because I would have driven myself crazy if I was like, they'll remember me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll call. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did. I took the rest of the year to finish Sunday Company, get into the main company, and have in the back of my head, I should be thinking about stuff I would maybe right. do or audition with next, right. if, I get, if I do get asked back. Right. And I did. A year later, they called kind of out of the blue. They hadn't even seen me or anything, but they just said, come on back. Wow. And uh, and that one went very well. That was sort of like game day. All right, let's be professional, but let's not psych right. ourselves out. And let's also not be sentimental or whimsical about it, which I maybe was in the first sure. audition. You um, rented a limo. I rented a limo. <laughs> so yeah. And I definitely like say you're pretty went whimsical. out. I was like, let's go, let's go to dinner. And yeah, everybody else was like, I'm going to go uh, in my room yeah, and rehearse. just rehearse. And I was like, oh, I should probably do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the third time was a charm, yeah. They, so I, I did the third audition a year later. Again, two weeks after that, they say, come fly out just to meet Lorne. I do that. Um, it's, it's not particularly exciting. It's sitting around and it's just kind of showing you're not a crazy person. Right. And, uh, and then met with Lorne. He didn't say one way or the other in the room, but he, but he did say, uh, all right, this will be over soon. And I said, oh, thanks. And hated that I said, oh, thanks. Cause did that sound like it'll be over soon? Yeah. I got to get out of here. Oh, I got better things to this. do. Yeah. Uh, so it was in my head about that. I went to, did you ever go to, um, Max Brenner chocolate by the bald man? on like, yeah. 13th yeah, university yeah, I mean, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and had dinner there. Okay. Fed my feelings. Mm-hmm. Went across the street to the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Saw un- saw The Expendables. Ah. The first Expendables film. Wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> Man. Dating myself to Expendables. <laughs> We're three deep now. Yeah. Maybe four. Yeah. I can't believe... I'm, I'm like... I didn't realize that's how long ago the first one came out. Yeah. 2010. They've been pumping them out. Dang, man. Man. It's a machine. That's, yes. that's the dream. That's living the dream. <laughs> that is living the dream. <laughs> Get on the roster of the Expendables. We'll put together an Expendables with just former King... Just, just Broadway, but the Expendables. Yeah. <laughs> just like... <laughs> This time with jazz hands. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe. So, so maybe it, it, we're gonna make it happen. Um, and then, so, and then I walked all the way from Thirteenth University back up to Midtown just wow. to be like, I just gotta. You needed to get out that exactly, energy. Exactly. Tire yourself out. Get back to my hotel room at like one fifteen in the morning, something like that. And Seth Myers calls me and tells me, "Hey, just want to say on behalf of Lauren Michaels, we want to hire you on the show." And I just like lost my mind. He and, called you after one fifteen in the morning. Yeah, because they knew I had to get an early flight back. I was like, "Give me the earliest flight back," because I want to get. We had a child at that time. And yeah, want to get home. And so he said, "We know you have to fly out at like five a.m. or whatever." So we just wanted thought we'd give you some good news. And I was like, "Thank you," but they admit I had to leave at five a.m. to get to like a seven a.m. flight, uh, and I get on the plane, and as I'm walking to my seat, Seth Myers is sitting in business class. He's like, "Taryn, you're a goddamn liar." And I was like, what? I, no, I didn't. I had to leave. I don't know where you got the info. I'm grateful. Don't fire me. 
Oh my god, were you yeah. you were seriously shitting though because you were less like you get it and then you think you were caught in something it's, or were you did you still have that nervous energy that you would in the all, room with Lauren? It or? was all nervous and so like not directed in anything like not what's what's the funny thing to say what's the cool thing to say yeah. like the this yeah. is everything is yeah. insane right yeah. now. Yeah. But did you yeah. did you even sleep that night? Very little cuz I cuz talked to Seth, called my wife, got a message, called my mom, she was up. And it's like 11, yeah. you know, even though it's 1 or it's like 10, it's it's late for her. And she knew this was going on? Yeah, and she's like, you know, you could hear, she's like, oh, yeah. hello. And then, yeah. oh, 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 Siri's joining now. Who's telling me? What the heck happened? Did I say something that sounded like Siri? Oh my God, is what I said, is what it said I said. She said, you're telling me. You're telling me. Oh wait, you just told me. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't, Siri, don't be funny, okay? Please. Go to Groundlings. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, and so I like, called my mom, and she was like, you know, hey, mom, hello. Uh, so I did it, went good, uh-huh, and I got it. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> and like, fully broke down, and I was oh. like, ah, oh, thanks, mom. And then Kobe was calling on the other line, so I was like, mom, I gotta go. Yeah. Talked to, talk to everybody, like called all, you know, the closest people in my life. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And then, yeah, maybe, maybe slept three hours, maybe. Right. And, but seeing, I, I, like, it was so weird. So weird that Seth's the one who called. Seth was on the plane. And it was, like, American. And he was flying business. And he's like, yeah, if you work hard for 11 years, someday you'll be in business class. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> one section up. Um, right. Yeah. And it was so, I mean, it was the most exciting moment of my life professionally. Right. Certainly like the most like, you know, Charlie finding a golden ticket moment. It doesn't, because it's not like there are that many moments in a career where it's so clearly this huge win. Yes. You know, because sometimes you get a job, you don't know what it's going to turn out to be. Exactly. You, yeah. you know, you know what SNL yes. is, you know what it means to be given the honor of getting that job. It's the f- first and maybe only, well, and then, and then Hamilton was yeah. the next one. Yeah job where my parents-in-laws could tell their friends and their friends would be impressed no matter what they did right right they didn't have to explain they, what it was like, they're like oh my you know what yeah. i mean it was that so that yeah it was a big deal and certainly like by far just the most euphoric moment right yeah um so you were living in la you'd only been in new york a handful of times mm-hmm. what did that mean personally you have a kid at, and, yep. and uh, Kobe a successful was, yeah. life yeah, so she was still on How I Met Your Mother. Right. We had a one-year-old, one-and-change child at that at that point. Um, and yeah, so so they give you a relocation fee. You have to find an apartment. Um, you don't know how long you'll last. Yeah. I certainly d- did not have any confidence of like, oh, we got to move our life out there. Right. So got a place at like 54th and 7th, hmm. like right in the thick of it. Right. Easy for work. When people come to visit... Here, this is the theater district. We're right. like in it, um, and then would travel back and forth. I, I I commuted four seasons back and forth every hiatus week. I'd fly wow. back to LA. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was yeah. tiring. Yeah, it's exhausting. And yeah. so, like your schedule, you would have weeks off at a time, or mm-hmm. okay, it's uh, SNL is a weird one because it's. Dependent upon the broadcast schedule right. and the holiday Holidays schedule and, and football schedule yeah. and and host availability, so right. they usually start the season a little top heavy. Like there were a couple of years where we'd do four in a row, which was right. a lot. Yeah, 
and then it'll be like three or four and then a week off and then right. two or three and then two weeks off and right. then you know and it just jumps back and forth like that the whole season so tell me about walking into your first day at snl like what is a first day at snl is it just yeah. with everyone else is it filling out paperwork in, I, in hr yeah, yeah like, it, it, it I, ours was pretty gentle i think i think it can be extreme yeah like i just worked with rob riggle ah. who he's like i was the only guy hired that year wow and they're like be here tomorrow kind of thing and so it was just like trial by fire yeah with us there were four of us so they had like come for an orientation meeting at the producer's office and meet everybody and we'll yeah. walk around we'll tell you what to do and what not to do to a point um who were the other three with you that year it was vanessa bear right. jay farrow and paul Britton. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, and and still incredibly close, and get along with all three of those people, and love yeah. them endlessly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was nice and easy. And um, Forte had left the year before; he was the only one who departed. So it was a bigger cast. Right. Um, but it was fun, and 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 I, I mine was a slow burn. I got my first sketch in the, my fourth episode. Um, that's pretty good. That felt good. That felt right. That's yeah. That's amazing. It felt that felt good, and then had a very had a had a pretty productive first season uh, after that. And then once we got the pickup for the second season, I could kind of tell that I had I would probably be there for for a while. Right. So Kobe and I uh, looked to buy a place, and we ended up buying in Battery Park City and wow. set up this apartment, knowing that once her show was done, the family would move out there full time. Wow. So we did that three years ago and we just got back in August. Wow. We're in New York full, full time. Yeah. And how, yeah. so, so you have that schedule, you're living in New York and she was, she's, I mean, always constantly working obviously. Yeah. How do you guys, uh, keep the balance between your careers, your marriage and your kids? Like how yeah. do you, like that's, that's a lot, especially when you're dealing with two very successful careers on opposite coasts. Obviously it ended three years yes. ago for her, that big show, but yeah, we've been lucky for yeah. the most part. Her schedule on how I met your mother at that point was very, uh, uh, flexible, very supportive, you know, cause yeah. we had a child and, and the season before she'd been pregnant and right. get, or, you know, do back or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we, we've just been very lucky but I think more than anything, it just has the most to do with the people that we are and our priorities, yeah. which is always each other and our family before anything else. Yeah. All that, you know, there's, there's a lot of work that both she and I have turned down and said no to because logistically it just does not, is not conducive to, to what we want out of life, you know, and because we're spoiled in that we have that yeah. uh, uh, flexibility. We have that privilege to go like, how oh, we don't necessarily need this job at this time. Right. This movie shooting in another country and yes. uprooting our entire family Correct. might be great for a resume, but it's not great for our kids. So we're not Correct. Do it. Correct. Yeah. Which, um, which I'm, I mean, like it's, it's sounds obvious and, but I think that as an actor, it's hard to turn anything down because totally. we're always living in that fear of this is it nothing will ever come along 100 percent, and we're still retraining ourselves because yeah. both kobe and i are people who who also want people to like us and want people to know we're nice and so have a really hard time saying no to people and it's that's been its own skill to develop because like you said we m me longer than her 
spent so much time going like, please, anybody, I'll, yeah. I'll do anything. Yeah. Um, and now to to be very fortunate to have some um, control, some flexibility right. is uh, is to still is takes an adjustment it's, we're still it, adjusting to, to it to not have that feel of desperation that you have to jump keep it going and keep the momentum and people will forget and people will not think of me or want me right. or care or you know yeah, yeah. All, all that stuff all that stuff so I, I i do know it's um it is part of our makeup anyway even right. if we didn't have all the success there'd, there'd be more sacrifice and there'd be probably you know longer more intense discussions um but you know, I think it would be that way anyway. Yeah. For for she and I, that that's our priority. We we don't. Neither of us operate uh, out of status. We operate out of creativity right. more, more more often than not. So events and appearances and scenes and parties, you know that that's easy has always been easy to say no to. Right. Um, and and so it's just kind of taking all right why can we say no to that and why are we worried about saying no to this independent film that shoots in albuquerque and doesn't pay any money and and it will be really draining and um and so we've been able to recalibrate of it's because we're we like our life and we want to protect that life and we want to be present for our children more than anything right and that is a very limited window of time yeah. too. We've got with our oldest, we have less than 10 years and then she's going to be out in the world and doing it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that's, it, it's just, but there are people who, who crave work that are defined by their work and, and it's just different. It's just a different set of priorities. Well, and, I, but I mean, it's not like you, you guys are both working all the time. It yeah. really is about, how and when yes and i think that you have to, that it really is about making choices and feeling confident enough that the things will come to you yeah. that will go around what's most important work itself around what's most important in your family but it's hard exactly right it's but it's, it's hard. hard to do yeah but, but once you do it i think more and more mm-hmm. it's you you get that confidence that those things will just kind of enter into your life if you make the space for them yeah um which i'm saying after i like literally abandoned my husband for a year and a half and did (laughs) hamilton in new york but you know for us you know before we have kids we were like okay well this is the time for us to do something like this we've been together you know almost 10 years so it was definitely like a stress test Mm -hmm. of our relationship and figuring it out and now i know i will never do it again if it's not if it's too much for hamilton like the greatest play i could possibly be a part of yes it's not worth it for anything just not 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 that amount of time how far into it did you know that there was an end game of coming here um i knew that it was I, i remember it was at the tony's that i started having that conversation with yeah. them so that was what i started it in in april of wow. 2016 and by june of 2016 i was oh, like yeah okay so if i could stick it out through the end of the year and yeah. go to san francisco then i could come back to la and we could just go right back into our life that mm-hmm. we have here and i remember very specifically at the end of new york um having a panic attack and i mean i don't you know i don't know if it really was a panic attack but it was i called up gerald and i said we can't do it 
I love this very much, but I can't go to San Francisco for five months. Mm. This is just going to be too much. I I don't think I can do it. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like finishing up the time in New York and being like, oh my God, five months away from it is too much. It's yeah. it's insane. And we talked it out. And I honestly, if he didn't kind of be like, we can get through this. This is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And this is why we're doing it. Um, if he hadn't done it that day, I probably would have just panicked and, and not done it. And honestly, I hated doing it. You know, I loved doing San Francisco. I loved being there and I loved doing the show. But I just, it it's too much. Being away from your life, yeah. Being away from your life. And you're like, yeah. well, what is what is work and what is opportunity mm-hmm. all for if it's not you're supposed to have it with your family to yes. share your life with I so agree. it was a good good lesson for us mm-hmm. at a good lesson for me at a time that luckily it only affects two adults yeah you know what i mean totally it's everything changes when you have kids it I does imagine. the right. priorities like so so meet your priorities and your perspective Right. Right. So the priorities of keeping this thing alive, keeping this thing protected, being around so this thing knows that I'm the one to care for it and protect it and be there for it and love it unconditionally. But then the perspective, I remember almost immediately calling my parents and going like, you had a whole life before I existed and really understanding what that meant. Right. Um, Yeah. And, 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 and the significance of that, the significance of that sacrifice that, if you were fortunate enough, as I was, to have two parents who do love you and who who did sacrifice a lot to keep you supported and encouraged and loved, right. um, that hit me. That hit me in a, in a significant way. And, and my immediate response was like, oh, I can't wait to return that favor to somebody else. Yeah. 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 Well, that's amazing. Does it Does it also increase your fear when it comes to making... Uh, choices and work obviously you know we want to make those right choices but like especially um, i joked that i'll be playing the king forever (laughs) but obviously i won't yes i'm you know in the process of figuring that out right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when you're handed a job that literally you're like well you could do this for 20 years as an actor that's that's insane i know it's just it's not something that you have and i'm i guess i'm old enough and i've been through enough Mm -hmm. to hold on to it as tightly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, you are, it's, it's not the same. It's a different situation, but you have SNL. You're in this dream job that you've had for so long. You have to figure out the time to leave. Right. And you have to figure that out professionally, but you also are thinking about your family and you know, you have that in that fear of wanting to provide and make Mm -hmm. sure that you're doing stuff. How did you begin to figure that out? Yeah, it, it uh, SNL is a really tricky departure because it, you know it's been talked about a little bit that it wasn't um, super smooth and 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 uh, in some ways surprising, um, but I've thought a lot about it and and the truth is is like I definitely made it known that that process and what it requires from you and the way that you um, are taken care of at that show was not conducive to my life right. anymore. Like right. by about, by about four and a half, certainly by the end of five years, I was like, I, this, this is just, it just doesn't work for me. It's just not, um, I can't, I can't give the show, um, 
as as much of me as, as it probably takes and and rightfully so because there's so many people who that's the dream you know it is yeah. truly the dream um and i'm also not being looked out for in a way that i need for my life and right. and um i certainly at, at a certain point felt that I had taken better care of the show than the show had taken care of me. Right. Um, and so there were conversations about that behind the scenes well before the, the hiatus of my sixth season. Um, but I got to my sixth season and, and contractually you signed for seven. And I was like, I got one left. And, and you know, again, talking about priorities and family was very presumptuous of like, all right, that'll be the last one. We'll sign our daughter up for school. We'll get locked in. We got one more year. Kobe was really uh, adamant about trying to get involved in theater in New York right. and was doing that. And she's like, all right, I got a year left. Um, that summer, I was I had written and then directed and acted in this movie. And it was, it, I mean, literally took all of me. And, and that was like... Killing Gunther. Killing Gunther, yeah. yes. And that was a project with Kobe where I was like, I have to find out if I can do this right. and it will, I, I will kind of be a ghost for these right. two and a half months or so. And she agreed upon that and that was okay. And it was still, that was, you know, got a little tense at points because I'm asking a lot of her and it's a lot of work and I'm also, you know, asking for a lot of support too. So, so it was a balanced thing and, um, we got through it fine because we were in Vancouver and that's where she's from. So there was, there was good aspects of it too. Sure. But you you have that those moments where you go crazy because you're obsessing about something like I mean yeah I, I can have it about the podcast which yeah, I was yeah. like I literally can't listen to you talk about this yeah, stupid yeah. podcast you know totally. like can you can we totally. not have our day be about this yes. so you have those moments with with your partner where you're out. like you've gone away into this hole yes. I need you to come back to reality and life correct correct and she's taking care of real life things where she's yeah. like I've been alone in this rental house with two human beings mm -hmm. uh, who have very different desires out of the day than I do. Right. Um, and, and I need either you to check out and just be there to support me and hear about it or, you know what I mean? Or let me vent. Yeah. And then I'm wanting the same from her where I'm like, I just had a day where I had to like kind of be grumpy with somebody because they weren't doing their job and, yeah. and that balance. And I want you to appreciate how hard I'm working, you know, and it's just that, and and both Kobe and I have been uh, pretty good about communicating that. Even if it get it gets heated at a point, we can come down pretty quickly. Yeah, it no. has it has yeah. to get heated. You can't you exactly. got You got to go there. Or you're just covering it all. Just up. holding it in, yeah. Um, but in the middle of this production, we get a call that's uh, asking us to give an extension for the show to decide what they're going to do with the cast. Hmm. And I, I, I was just like, no, yeah, no. I, let me know. I've, I, no, that's not fair. Right. That's uh, you should. I, I don't think you should need to know if you're really like, well, we don't know about Taryn. After six I've, years, I've made it really clear that like I'm happy to be gone too. Mm -hmm. So that was the response, and and there were a couple other opportunities that had come up too that are you know boring show busy things, but my reps were like. Let's clear these other things. Tell them we'll give them an extension. And I said, okay. And so that's what they did and that's what they went to. But I think SNL heard that like I was ready to be gone. Um, and so three weeks later, you know, I yeah, didn't yeah. even 
fall within what time limit they had asked for, they call back and they say, oh, we've just, we've decided not to renew the contract. And I was like, fine, that's fine. Right. Whatever. Um, and, and, and with no like phone call from Lorne, no, no questions of like, Hey, what, why, or what's the decision? You know what Mm. I mean? You could just, it just was messy. Yeah. And it was also immediate validation that it was the right thing to happen. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, okay. I mean, cool. talk about what we were just saying with, with yeah. you and Kobe. Like when you have a relationship, you have to let have that communication and it might totally. get heated, but it, otherwise it's just covering up. And clearly yes. that was like, we just aren't going to be able to even engage. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and like certainly hurtful and yeah. certainly um, frustrating um, in, in that in mostly like probably out of ego of just you want people to go like we love you and and it really was felt very specifically Lauren going like no I'm done with you you know what yeah, I mean yeah. like going okay fine yeah. um so it was fine because I had this this project I was working on I was busy so I didn't really reflect upon it until we got back to New York right. and now I'm like I'm in this city that doesn't feel like home the city really is SNL to me because mm-hmm. for four years I didn't create any social life, have any experiences outside of work. I went right back to LA. Right. We've been here for three years. You've been riding around in a limo for the entire just limo, time. Just listening to Frank Sinatra on a loop, <laughs> holding on yeah. to that, that drug. Yeah. So, um, no, but it's like, you know, our life is PTA meetings and school and then SNL and that's what the city represented. And I was like, what am I going to do here for a year? Um, and I did have to do the post-production on Killing Gunther, which was great. But very quickly, like like I think two or three weeks in, Tommy Kale called and was like, hey, Rory's going to go to San Francisco and we need to find a new king. Is that something you'd consider doing? And it was just like, thank God. Thank right. God. Well, what's crazy is that we uh, we were on the same flight. Yes, when I got yes, the, like when this, you were flying out to start. Yes, I you were one of the first people who <laughs> knew that, yeah. they, that I had gotten this part that they'd asked me to do it. So I, I was flying to New York from yeah. LA, and you were with your family, and I was like, Darren, yeah, you're not going to believe what I'm going to do. And you were like, Oh my god, you were you guys were so so great. You were the perfect people for me to run into. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, I yeah. could tell somebody, and they would be like, Oh, right. nice. We're not going to theater work, right. please. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't know. You guys knew, and you were just as excited as oh I was. Oh my God. So, and perfect. It was and, just like, oh, that's perfect. Yes. And you came to the show like yeah. a month or two into my run. Yeah. And then I was like, I would really love to come to SNL. Yeah. And I came and I was at your last show on I SNL. Know. I know. Which we didn't know so at the crazy. time. Right, 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 right. And, 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 you know, I know that there was that story and I appreciate you like sharing it because I yeah. know it's, it's not easy to to share stories like that when you're saying goodbye to something that you love. But also like, I feel that a major part of that story is you were making that room with killing Gunther, which I would love to talk a lot more about because you were, you were finding what had to be next, you know, and maybe they were the ones who were like, okay, well, if you don't have room, if you need more in your life, then go. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's clearly, that's exactly what needed to happen. Totally. Totally. I mean, 
if I mean hindsight is twenty twenty, and looking back, I don't know how I would have finished killing Gunther doing that yeah. last year. I don't know what I, 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 yeah. I like. Kobe would have left me, like maybe, yeah. probably yeah, not, because right. she really likes me. But seems so. But yeah, it would have been such an unfair ask because it's a six day week at SNL. Mm-hmm. It is. Const- even though like time off, you're constantly mentally consumed by it because you're mm. responsible for creating your own content yeah. on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. It's it just is it is it consumes you. It is just fully consumes you or at least me. It did the whole time. So I wouldn't have finished the movie. Then, you know, if you have to have a New York based rebound job <laughs> off of SNL that people are like, whoa, cool. Yeah. Hamilton is literally the only option. Yeah. It's the only option. And yeah. and and I'm I was just so excited just being a fan of the show, being a fan of Lynn's, being a fan of Tommy's, being a fan of a musical theater in general, being yeah. a fan of Broadway, being, you know, like it it just was such an incredible gift. And I really will never be able to thank Tommy specifically cuz he's he's the one that you know really made it happen. Uh, for just this, just blessed gift of, yeah. I mean, you know, you you that that cast, that ensemble, that crew, are just you're talking to union guys who have done thirty shows who are yeah. like, yeah, this one's special, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you yeah. Know? yeah. Um, and and something that means so much to thirteen hundred people every performance you feel it it means so much they've waited they've paid they have Saved heard their money and they've, they've, it, they've it's slept outside every, <laughs> yeah. every night and and nobody involved in the show and my time there took that lightly at right. all and were so grateful and it was such a positive environment where you know uh, in sort of counterpoint to that snl is very cynical and it's very negative and it's very um uh, sort of a lot of the work is is disposable. You know what sure. I mean? Even successful things air and then boom, you throw it away and it's like, what's new, right? Yeah. Um, You're only as, as great as your last sketch 100%. that made it on the air. That Exactly. Yeah. So, especially in the role of the king, and I don't think <laughs> that this is a slight, is 10 minutes of stage time. Oh my God. The same song three times. Absolutely. Wardrobe does... 80% yes. of the job for yes. you. Um yeah. and to get to to get to ride on that bus yeah. for, you know what I mean? I did I'm still riding weeks. it. It's I'm still riding her. It is the best bus ride I've ever had in my life, yeah. truly. It was yeah. so positive and so emotionally charged in like only positive ways. I I've said this many times, but I felt like a contest winner. I really did. Yeah. Every day. Every yeah. day. Yeah. And I did it the perfect amount too for me, where I was like so sad to leave and like, no, it can't be over. But also like I'm ready to have my nights back too. Yeah. Um that I I, I was spoiled. I, I just truly was so spoiled. Yeah. It was just the Best. Oh no! It's it, you know I've I mean in get in comparison to Book of Mormon, which you know will always mm-hmm. be such a, a wonderful experience for me. That's a show that I literally was like barely crossing the finish line after two years. Yeah, I'm two years in almost with this, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I can do this forever. Yeah, because it's just obviously it's not as physically taxing. It's yeah. such a gift of a part. That's it's awesome. a, a yeah. gift on a silver platter. Truly. Um, tell me though a little bit more about your 
creative experience in it because okay. yes, it's definitely so much is given to you. Yeah. But I remember talking to you when you were in rehearsals and you mm-hmm. were like, so how much can I yeah, play? Yeah, and yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I've been waiting to have this conversation with oh, you cool. because for cool. somebody who has, to, has, has been trained to constantly create new material, yeah. to put something new in front of an audience. Yes. What did it feel like? to have to do the exact same thing eight times a week. Yeah, it was it was such a different muscle, yeah. right? Such a different muscle in a role that I just can't, didn't, never would take full ownership of, right? right. Because as much as I, I would accredit you for discovery and for moments and for stuff and, and for honing the role and, and the sound of it, and then credit Jonathan and that's and then credit Brian, right. it's also Lynn and Alex, Absolutely. And, you know what I mean, and, and right. Andy and Tommy. It's at the point by the time I got in there, you know, minimum a dozen geniuses had really kind of figured it out. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, and the expectation of the audience listening to an album and watching any sort of live performance, they're looking for something particular. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so even in even in sixteen weeks. Uh, like, I mean, again, I feel like I'm fawning, but everybody there is so brilliant and so strong and incisive with what they do, but are also the best collaborators that I've yeah. ever worked with in my life. Where, you know, it, the rehearsal process was so cash, was yeah. too cash for me because my first Broadway and it's Hamilton. And yeah. I'm like, um, and they're like, you'll get it. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I remember like coming backstage the first time to walk the show and and Alicia's like, "Where the hell is my salad?" You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. In the middle of burn or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you guys know what's happening upstairs? Yeah. Um yeah. so but but it is a job too, right? Mm-hmm. And you get comfortable with that and I was more nervous than I can remember being that the first 2 weeks. And like Fully botched stuff in the best of ways, like knocking my head on the beams going oh, out, right. and the crown fell off my head. The, That's my third amazing. performance, and oh my god, so much of that That's stuff. That's a great story. Going up, like fully going up. The only time, like I lost it. What yeah. I would do is because you know how repetitive some of the yes. phrasing is. The only time I fully lost it and just went silent was at an Eduham show, which oh, is great because you just nice. hear thirteen hundred high school kids go. Oh, damn. <laughs> no. Yes. Are you serious? Yes. That is it so great. It was great. And it was like before, like, um, you know, I just went, uh, uh, remember we made an arrangement. Uh, oh, damn. <laughs> and then I just went, I'm your man. And I got the biggest laugh that I've ever had just on that line. Because <laughs> they're like, all, all right. All right. Oh my god! I was always so good great. at 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 getting it back at flipping. If I'm like oceans rise, empires fall. You know, it's much harder when it's all your call, yeah. uh, all alone or whatever it wasn't yeah, yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah. be. Um, you know, but you go I, to I, that... I could get back to the next phrase for whatever reason, and it yeah. wouldn't rhyme. But I was like, at least I'm back on track. That, I mean, well, that's pulling out of your bag of tricks <laughs> that a lot of us yeah. like. You know, you can't. For me, I I would not be able to kind of riff on Lynn's material you know I'd be I'd I'd just be like silent what I do this is my trick just keep moving your mouth brilliant and they think the mic's out it's so smart you just you just keep 
talking. Don't let sound come out. And they're like, oh, his mic's out. I can't hear him. And then you just come back in when you know See, what the words are. that seems to require more thought than just, like, making it up. <laughs> well, as long as you, as long as it looks I'm like... I'm the king. The yeah. big old king. Yes, yes. <laughs> I literally, once I went up on a song in, in off-Broadway, and uh, it was called Restless Leg Syndrome, the song. It okay. Was, an amazing song. I literally had to improvise the entire thing. Great. And uh, I think it was better than the original. Okay. Um, but, but so, so I, in fact, I actually go over every single you do. word before I go on. I, Still, yeah. I had one time around five or six hundred shows in, which is exactly what <laughs> I did. Yeah, exactly. I, I had this exact same moment with Mormon mm. where... I start to... It's not that I don't know what the words are to the song. It's that I don't know what words are. Like, I start... It's like, are these... You know, like, when you see a word, and Mm -hmm. you're like, is that how it's spelled? And you're like, I can't be sure about this. It's like you're seeing it for the first time. It's like that with the entire show. So you have to... I think it's almost your body, like kicking in and trying to force you to be present again. Wow. To be like, you're alive. This is happening. You think you're just in Groundhog Day, but you're not. Yeah. Be be alert. Um, So I definitely have to go there. But one time I went on stage, I think it was like a month, month or maybe two months ago, and I said, John Adams, I know him. That can't be. That's that little guy who followed me (laughs) all those years ago. And that's it. Instead of spoke to me, right, I said yeah, follow, yeah, right? Yeah, Not yeah, that yeah. big a deal. Right. The entire cast was like, what? Oh my the God. Best. You know, because you know, best. you hear one small thing and of they're course. like dying. Because yeah. you're just begging for something wrong or something different to happen. To come alive. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Please 100%. make this day different for 100%. us. A hundred percent. Dan Belnavis, who's in the ensemble, asked me if John Adams was following me on Instagram <laughs> or Twitter. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, it's 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 Amazing. such a. If it, 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 tell me just a little bit about what being on Broadway in general meant to you. Yeah, it. Uh, you know, I started out doing plays and doing musicals, yeah. and 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 did musicals in middle school and high school, and went to college for musical theater, and remember seeing Cats. Remember seeing every year at the Cats. Every year, every night, Big Bear, the Big, Bear Big Bear Cats. <laughs> Big Bear presents cats. Yeah, um, and and I saw Les Mis when I was like seven, and yeah. that was then. That I was, was like, it oh, for me man. too. Oh, oh, forget. It. Well, because you know, maybe it was the same. But Gavroche, you're like, is there somebody who looks like me right now? Yeah, like, that's a thing do that we could do. Me? Yeah, I yeah. Can do that. It's I so do, true. You do like building like a barricade out of my couch at yeah. home, and so true. Um, yeah. and and yeah, and 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 just the feeling that that an overture and a strong voice does to me physically. It's a physical effect on me. Um, So it it always meant a lot. And I think going into college was starting to lean towards that, that path and that, that route. Right. And then comedy took over. Comedy kind of came, I was always funny and loud and obnoxious, but it, it, kind of grabbed me and said, no, you're going to yeah. be in this field for a while. You're going to be seen as this kind of performer. Um, so to have reached arguably the apex of comedy or certainly sketch comedy yeah. in America um, and then have this backdoor entrance into this world that I revered and that 
uh, I, I adored um, was was very significant and has been going back to turning work down and stuff. There were some really nice opportunities that came out of doing that yeah. that I've had to say no to that that's been heartbreaking. That's yeah. been like, ah. Uh, uh, but I, it's a lot like it's such it a, is a lot you know what the commitment is now and we'll it's... we'll be 50 when both our girls are out of the house yeah and both kobe and i are like because because that was the other crazy thing is like yeah. i'm like oh my god it's hamilton it's the show i'm in new york yeah i'm doing broadway how i i'm a fraud but they're letting <laughs> me do it how the heck and then my wife, whose only creative goal, specific creative goal she's yeah. ever set for herself that I've seen in her life, was like, I want to be on Broadway, I want to do it. gets a play a month and a half later right. with, with Kevin, Kevin Klein, Klein. Yeah. And, and, and she's phenomenal in it. And we get to overlap. You know, like I, I would have done more. I would have done Hamilton for the rest of our time in New York. Yeah. But, her, but she got the show and then that's six nights out of the week with no mom or dad yeah, at home. Yeah. And, and that wasn't. Uh, doable for either of us and and she kobe had sacrificed so much and yeah. had this was her goal and she made it happen i was so proud of her but we got to overlap for three weeks and that yeah. was magical yeah of wednesdays and saturdays a built-in date between yeah. shows we had you know what i mean six these precious six of being parents of two children for at that yeah. point you know seven and a half eight years and we're like look where we freaking are Look where we are. We are like truly living the dream. Truly. Like that's the most living the dream I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. Of like my best friend, my wife, my, you know what I mean? Like my, my lover yeah. and her, she's fulfilling her dream. I'm fulfilling my dream. And we're walking shoulder to shoulder through Times Square. It, it, it was unbelievable. Right. It was unbelievable. I and, right. and And once, once my real world... Uh, familial, primal, biological responsibilities have been met. I think both Kobe and I that that'll be sort of the first first transition, first move. That's like, great. Yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, you are. You, we, I wanted to talk about killing Gunther before yeah. we go because it's so impressive to me. the The end result is so funny, so good, Thanks, and you buddy. are. You did it. You know, like, yeah, I mean, like thanks, you, man. you wrote it, you directed it, you yeah. starred in it. And it's one of those things where it's like the only reason this exists in on every level is because of you. Yeah. And that is, that takes so much. Yes. Um, and, and, and the, the years that must have gone into it. What, yeah. how did that start? And what were the high points and what were the low points? We talked a little bit about family, but yes. just in terms of like getting that off the ground and making yeah. it happen. I mean, thank you, because that, that's exactly my feeling. Like, that's exactly how I sort of, you know, uh, synopsize it. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's how I view it. Like, holy cow, I tried it, I did it, and I'm proud of it, you know? Um, and it was it was very organic. I started writing it now, maybe five and a half, six years ago, something like a, a while. Yeah. And it was just, if I'm going to have opportunities to get a movie made and anybody have anybody care to see what would that be i want it to be very representative of me not just tonally but in structure and genre and look in casting yeah um and i just set out to write spinal tap meets heat or meets the professional you know because those are those are the two parts of me the only way to incorporate a different part is if it were a musical and i kind of got some of that in in a very stupid way yeah um 
so that's I just started writing it that way and and would doubt it and go, go away from it and it was a project that Kobe was very supportive of and like she's she's like a play it cool kind of girl it's like whatever you want you know what I mean do listen to yourself but that was when she's like that feels like a Taryn thing to me yeah and I like that and when I hear you talk about it I see that you like it so right. that was very encouraging and you know, presented it to Lauren's company and they were like, oh, maybe. And then they decided to do a different thing. And then that now it became my script and and was trying to partner directors to it and try to get it produced on my own and met with my friend Ash, who got very excited about it. And he became a real champion of it, of like, no, we'll get this made. And I'm forever indebted to him. And um, it was very slow, very stumbly process. But we eventually met with this company, Starstream, who were like, yeah, we'll fund this. Because I want to do it super small. I wanted to do it very small. Yeah. Because at that point, I was like, well, nobody's lived with it as much as I have. And nobody has seen it. I'm, I, and, and if someone's willing to let me, I'm going to try to direct this. Because I think I could pull that off. I think I yeah. could do it. And, and yeah, this company just said, yeah. Then... <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger come gets involved yeah. in a role that is always written as like a third act reveal, like a cameo, like ta-da, here's our bad guy, you know, yeah. like a and and it changed, it changed, and that was it, it, that was both a high point and kind of a low point, a logistical low low point of oh, we need to get a lot more money. And if we get a lot more money, we have to show that we got a lot more money. And we don't necessarily have more money to make it, but we need, you know, to, to yeah, put on screen. Yeah. All, the, all that weird logistical log, you know, bu- uh, 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 budgetary, you know, line, line by line sort of dollars and cents, which I learned all about. And that was like invaluable yeah. of just knowing what really goes into making a film. Yeah. Um, uh, but you're learning it as you go. It's I not truly, like you yeah. get to go take a course and then you no. apply it. You're like, okay. So how do you yeah. how do you make each decision when yes. you're, without being completely crippled by the fear if you don't know what's I, right? I was taking care. Uh, Steve Scalante was a producer on this. Uh, who Ash, uh, another producer, uh, kind of partnered me with, and he protected me. I mean, he saved me. He really did. Right. He just looked out for me. And and there you have were to find those struggles. people to rely on. Truly, and I mean, he I, like I owe him everything mm-hmm. to, in terms. You know, as much as I got it made, he he executed it. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, always keeping me informed, always helping teach me, but also protecting me and keeping me at arm's length for certain decisions that that I don't necessarily have to be involved in when I'm trying to prep a film and storyboard right. it and lock down locations and rewrite sequences and. Um, so, you know, by the time we were in Vancouver, we were supposed to shoot it here, but again, budgetary, they're like, we'll save more money going to Vancouver. So I was like, okay, I would have been able to call in a lot more favors if we'd done it here, but you know, sacrifices to have to, to make it there. And it's Kobe's hometown. So that's nice too. Um, but by the time we were rolling, it it was, we, I'd worked so hard in prep and the first AD Dan Katzman also was like, Let's prep it. Let's prep it. Let's visit the sites. Let's talk about. It. Let's let's know what we're gonna do. Let's no 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 no. And we di- I did. I, the hardest I've ever worked is in prep for that film. Wow. And it made shooting it really fun, really fun, and still fully consuming, fully draining. Like not easy, 
but really fun and really uh, so appreciative to any person, yeah, everybody. You know what I mean? And it, it was a lot of fr- your friends. I mean, yes. Bobby alone. But, yeah, exactly. Um, you had such a great ensemble of really, really funny people yes. coming together and creating something. Was it totally. hard to ask people for, for for the favors or to, you know, like to be, would you, this is the thing I'm doing. Would you be a part of it? Or was it like you believed in it so much that it was like, let's go a little of column A and B. Cause yeah. I, I don't, I don't like that. I don't. Uh, and if I do the ask, then I certainly don't have the energy to go do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I also had this train behind me that I had assembled. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, so I put this train together. Yeah. Do you want to ride on it with me? Yeah. yeah and that yeah. made it a little bit easier. Of course. But I do think, um, I do think the next time around, which I definitely want to do again, uh, that's a good sign. I have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Know, just like that, that's amazing so. to be able to do it once and be like, oh, I'm definitely doing this again. A hundred percent. And new, new while prepping and new, while, certainly while yeah. shooting it. And then in post, you're like, oh, I have to do this again because yeah, I'm going to do yeah, all yeah, these yeah, things differently. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you do it again, you learned. I, I fully went to film school. And like you said, yeah. like, I had, I, so much of this business is about what have you done? You know, I mean, mm. so much. And, yeah. and SNL was a really big learning uh, learning facility for that. Of like, the show has become what famous person is going to be on it, and who's going to cameo. And those are always the big moments yeah. because, for better or for worse, our society right now adores celebrity and and adores notoriety and fame, yeah. right? Um, and, and to be fair to that, that all comes from having done work that means something to people. Right. Right. So they build this relationship with you. Um, and I've built a relationship with people with this film and, and people have been very kind and other people that didn't like it at all. Um, but you know, the people who have given feedback and said, I appreciate this, like what better reward is there than yeah. somebody had an experience because of you that enjoyed it and laughed and or or yelled or frightened or scared what you know um that's that is very addictive to me of like oh okay i want to and because it means so much next time around that's really going to inform the process if ever i'm like why am i doing what it's like oh man i i want to make this as good as it possibly can be and that requires scrutiny and harder work and 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 also failing, failing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like this process was very informative in terms of how valuable failing is. Hmm. More valuable than oh, you got it right. You know? Yeah. You um, learned a lot more from whatever. Hundred percent brick wall. Yeah, and and that and that you're only going to learn or discover something new by tearing it apart or not doing it the way you think it has to be done. Right. Um. So yeah, it was it was it was the by far the most fulfilling and engaging uh yeah job i've ever had professional experience i've had right well and it and i and like i said i think it's no mistake that you saying yes to that that mm-hmm. desire to make it was yes. the thing that really kind of instigated the room being opened up to you I think that you, right you know that's where hamilton came into play mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. and like i said you know it's it's hard for me i'm trying to figure out when to step off the train yeah. of of this great job but you have to at some yes. point right. to make to give yourself room yeah. um 
for good things professionally and personally. And I think that you and Kobe are just, you're great parents. Thanks, you, uh, you have a great sense of, of who you guys are as people outside of the business. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like why I want to talk to you. It's why I, it's the people I'm looking forward to, to talk with. So yeah. thank you so much for thank you. sharing your thank story. You, man. You're the best. Living the dream. The first KG3, K- King George the third, the fifth. Mashup? I'm the mashup, fifth. Mashup, yeah. The fourth. KG3 the mashup. Fifth. That's right. I know. That's that's amazing. I can't, I'm honored. And there's only, in the whole world... Of like, all the kings. Well, you know, the uh, the, uh, the British king just started their, their first previews. Today. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's international now. That's so cool. Well, like, they have a lot of kings in, in England, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah. people kept asking me that, like, are you going to do it in London? I was like, I think they have think some they people have, there. They have that who type. Who can do it? They've cornered the market on that. Yeah, type. I don't think they're looking for too many kings <laughs> yeah. to put up. They don't in need to farm house. out for. Yeah. A- yeah, a British Caucasian. Yeah, I think they got it covered. <laughs> um, no, but it's 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 been so great getting to know you so Thanks, much more buddy. this last year, and yeah. getting to watch you go into the company of Hamilton was such a joy for me because I was convinced no one would ever be more excited and joyous <laughs> yeah. and entering that building, but yeah. you you were, and yeah. and you know that makes it so much easier to like say goodbye to a good group of people when you have somebody coming in tagging you out who's just awesome, and they were so excited to have you, and you killed it. I, I snuck in and got to see you perform, and yeah, um, thanks, dude. you were phenomenal. And Broadway's going to get to have you back once Hopefully. you once you're finished Hopefully. raising, raising these, those girls. These friggin' these friggin' <laughs> tramps out of my house. Uh, you're the best, and I have so much respect, admiration, and love for you. Thanks, bud. Audition, side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.